Ladies and gentlemen, we are back this week solving one of the great mysteries of our time. The female reproductive system. What is it? Where does it come from? What does it do? Is it real? What is a labia majora? What is a labia minora? I think it sounds like a constellation. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to get deep. Real deep. At least three knuckles deep because it's the vagina this week on Nothing Good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for uh, episode one, season two of Nothing yeah. Good. Uh, we will not be talking about vaginas, although it may come up oh, uh, later yeah. on in the show. <laughs> I'm sorry, Noah. Uh, we're talking about King of the Ring 1998, but before we get to all the things that are 1998 King of the Ring, I'm joined by the one and only Noah Brown, Hello. Mac Day McDonald, What's going and on, everybody? Jeff Vandergrift. Yes, sir. I'm gentlemen, here. how are you? Well, well, how are you, Doc? I'm good. Awesome. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we, you know, we took some time off, got our heads on straight, recharged yeah. the batteries, got, you know, just get back to the, the ground level of content creation. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's really good to be back. I, I, I think I can speak for the entire audience when they thought we peaked at Bad Boys, mm -hmm. but there's more. Oh, there's, no. There's much, much now, more. Sometimes you got to let it get soft. You got to take a break. You got to act like you got a Charlie horse, get your wind back, and then you go right back in there. And so here we are. So when I first joined the show back in season one, episode 17 or so, I went a full month living in Noah's basement. You did? I did. They didn't let me out. Um, I didn't get anything really to eat. Noah spit in my mouth every couple of, you know, days and told me to like it. After, after I had a couple of toast cheese crackers. I was yeah. like, did he, do you baby bird him? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, nobody told me that we were breaking from season one to season two. So I have just been stuck down in Noah's basement <laughs> all over again. Except this time it had turned into a sex dungeon and I was attached to what could only be described as the Undertaker's sigil, which I'm really happy you have that down there, by yeah. the way. Uh, um, WWEshop.com, by the way. <laughs> uh, but your lightsaber collection, and I mm -hmm. and I use that term loosely, mm -hmm. um, is, is quite impressive. Yes, and it can fit into a variety of places, as one would be able to tell. I And I could. Mm. Yes, mm. yes. Well, we are, and I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad that you were as eager and willing as our audience is eager and willing to let us back in for season two. Yes. Season two, no. Someone might ask the question, why the fuck does a podcast that no one really listens to need a second season? And like, listen, I don't know if y'all ever watch network TV, but they pick crazier shit up for a second season all the time. And uh, we like making the show. So fuck you. What are you doing? Hello. And Hi, France. Oh. And I will just, I want to just correct you for a second, not... Yeah. We have thousands of downloads. We do. Thousands. Plural. Plural. So I feel like lots of people listen to our show. And multiple times. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes one right after the other. Yes. Uh, you know, you got to stack them up. And we appreciate you stacking up with us. You know, and we want you to see how we stack up because we're excited for season two. Now, let's, um, let's, uh, let's have sex with the elephant in the room real fast before we do. Why did we take a break? Well, let's be real. If you were one of the very few people who caught our second attempt at a live show. That uh, show was live. That show was very live. Yes. I kind of forgot. Yeah. That <laughs> show 
<laughs> I know at least one person was listening to it. At least one. Yes. I'm so sorry. Maybe I'm sorry at the for, end. Sorry for that one person who listened to that show. But being real, that went so off the rails that it hopped the rails to a different set of train and transportation, <laughs> hopped those rails, then got drunk on tequila and started screaming about Jeff Jarrett. So yes. we killed it. Yeah. And it is what it is. You know, it, we we tried something different. We, we you know, we, we tried to change the mix a little bit. It did not go well. No. Uh, I think we all learned a lot of ourselves Definitely. about we it. Did. Uh, and from it, and I know I have, and I think uh, the time away was necessary. Yes, So, but I also want to ask, quick lightning round question. Uh, during that time away, I know that some of us all learned a little bit of something about ourselves. That we, maybe we learned a new hobby, maybe we learned a new language, a new skill. Uh, so I want to go around the table here and ask, what new thing did you learn? And I will start. Uh, I learned that you can, so as we know, the male G-spot is in the back. It is in what the kids today call the bussy. Uh, but you can actually achieve a tantric, a tantric orgasm back there as well. Did not know that. And I personally would like to thank Fox News for teaching me how to do that. Mac. Was it Tucker Carlson? No, it was not. See, I would have thought it'd be Tucker Carlson. No, no. I, I, I'm very confident in saying that Tucker, Tucker Carlson has no idea what an orgasm is or how to achieve it. Not with that bow tie. No, no, no. no. But we'll go on. Mac, what have you learned during our hiatus? Uh, what did I learn? I learned um, how many different colors your leg can turn into as uh, while we were on mm. hiatus, ladies and gentlemen. I almost broke my leg. Uh, fortunately, um, it didn't. It's not actually broken, but it's about as close as it probably could be. And I've been kind of nursing that over the hiatus. So watching, uh, getting caught up on a lot of different shows on uh, on streaming and everything get an opportunity to kind of do some prep work for some of the future episodes we have working on. And, uh, you know, just how many dishes you could stack up in your house mm -hmm. before your significant other um, um, mentions it to you <laughs> uh, are the things that I've kind of learned uh, over the last, uh, over our hiatus. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Jafar. Yeah, I took uh, the time away to travel a little bit, spend some time with my family, my kids, what I learned the most is that my kids don't give a fuck about <laughs> hanging out with dad for the summer. They just want to play Minecraft and Roblox and just stay away from me and my wife. And it, it's, it's, it, it sort of puts you in your place as a parent and as an adult. Like, I put in all this work. Now these kids don't fucking care. <laughs> they don't give a like, shit. Fuck you, dad. The, the last time that I was around your daughter, she ghosted me. In person. Oh, <laughs> that's impressive. I like yeah. that. <laughs> for for like the twenty minutes we were hanging out, she's like, "Where's Uncle Dave? I hear him, <laughs> but I just don't see him." <laughs> and I'm like, "You mum, they're the biggest mm -hmm. ball busters <laughs> you'll ever meet in your life." I don't know where they get that from. Like, yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. Oh. Hey, but I'm super proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I said to your daughter when she was doing this, like. I see your mouth moving, but I hear your parents' words coming out of it. <laughs> That's about right. That's incredible. Doc, last uh, but not least, what have you done? Uh, what have I done? Not a goddamn thing. Work. <laughs> uh, no, I'll tell you what I I learned. Uh, I learned what COVID feels like. Mm. Uh, I, That's you know, unfortunate. Uh, the, the, the folks here know that I caught it at one point. Uh, I'd say like in the midpoint of our break. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it was not pleasant. 102-degree uh, temperature for a couple days was not fun. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't die, thankfully, but I have a, a greater respect for people who have, you know, had a, a tougher time with it. 
because uh, it was it was not fun, uh, and I'm glad that I feel 100. percent You know, uh, you know, but yeah, but that bring a little bit of reality into that. Yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah. <laughs> well, half of the answers were real, and then the other half were Jeff's kids. So it's like you know, you gotta do what you got to do. Well, I'm glad everyone uh, had some time uh, to be healthy, get unhealthy, but still remain healthy and limp up here. Spend time with their children who don't want anything to do with you. I know what that's like. And bringing it back around, we appreciate the audience for letting us take some time, learn a new hold, as they say, mm-hmm. and be able to come back into the territory stronger and as better heels than we were in the first place. Fuck you. <laughs> That's my new version. I'm just going just to randomly put it out there in the middle of a sentence. My brain doesn't know where we're going. I'm just going to insult you. So yeah, It works. But speaking of insulting and going to a nice new place, ladies and gentlemen, there's one last thing I want to just drop before we get to today's subject. Is that we've all had changes in our lives, and in our world. Well, we're doing, on today's show, starting off the, the season fresh with a pro wrestling episode, and wouldn't you know it, there's uh, there's been a major change or two in the pro wrestling landscape. Yes, a little bit. Since our last recording of a wrestling episode. Uh, a significant change. Whatever do you mean, Noah Brown? Well, it would appear that um, the sins of the 80s carried over into the sins of the 90s and into the early 2000s and in the late 2000s and then into the early 2010s then into the middle and late 2010s <laughs> and once you know it's still into the 2020s uh as vince mcmahon has uh voluntarily retired at the age of 77 from world wrestling entertainment therefore ending the fact that he has been in charge of that company my entire life. 40 years at least. Yes. Why did you use air quotes when you said the word voluntarily? Well, because I just know that from my experience as seeing a bunch of rich white guys voluntarily retire just as mysterious allegations come out <laughs> for paid sex with people who work for you and feel obligated to do it because you're in charge of their career and then accept a buyout as, you know, air quote worthy. Uh, So the audience who cannot see what's happening, the air quotes were so heavy in the last Mm. 30 seconds. (laughs) Noah actually floated out of his chair by about three feet. He's... It's like that one that like one scene from SNL when they had Bennett Brower when uh, when uh, Chris Farley was doing that and he's like I know that I don't smell the part <laughs> I know that I don't have good hygiene and that little children are scared of me at Halloween when I don't wear a costume and I'm flying I'm flying Noah was actually I was flying I he was there he did yeah so um, but yeah and we will discuss this um, I'm sure it will pop its wonderful head up. Through all, a lot of what we do, wrestling or no wrestling, because we're right. always thinking about it, always talking about it. But right. it's so funny that we we stand here and record episode one of season two in a new era of pro wrestling as we now go back to one of the heights of all time in wrestling, the Attitude Era. Yes. I thought you were going to say Ric Flair's final match until his next match. Last final match uh, until the IRS calls him up again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> until he gets married again. You know, I always say to Steph, and I'm going to say this because um, recently, uh, Mr. Vandergrift and myself had the absolute bona fide fucking privilege of going to see one of the best live shows I've ever seen in my entire life, Rage Against the Machine. Something that I never thought I was ever going to see again in my lifetime. We did not go together. Mm-mm. But we were both at the same show. Mm-hmm. We made eye contact. We did make mm-hmm. eye contact. Ta- ta- Uncomfortable. Ta- eye contact. I, I appreciate tagging each yeah. other in Facebook. Was it Top post. Gun level of eye contact? Yes. Yeah. 
Mm. It was. Mm. That's powerful. Mm. Yeah, so tune in next week as we discuss that. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep but, going. but it always brings me back to a conversation I've had with Stephanie because, you know, we never thought we'd ever see Rage again. By the way, they absolutely fucking slayed. They cool. were amazing. And Run the Jewels was fucking amazing, too. Cool. Nice. Great show. But I always say to Stephanie, because she's a big REM fan, and she's like, REM's broken up and they'll never tour. They'll never tour until somebody's broke. Then yeah. they will tour. And Michael Stipe will come right out of there. He will that, come yeah. right out of wherever, wherever he's hiding. Yep. Probably somewhere in Scandinavia. That's how I've always envisioned it. Can Canada. Even if not he's Canada. not from there. Canada. It's a separate place. But I'm like, bands break up or say they're retiring until somebody needs that money. And then they're always going to bring it back. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to Ric Flair. Yeah. No. And uh, what I... what I Listen, we can... I feel like part of us probably wants to actually just compile an entire wrestling review show of wrestling retirement matches. We do like all 15 of Terry Funk's. <laughs> we do both of Flair's. We do, you know, and then matches we didn't know were their last matches, etc. Right. So we all get mad at Goldberg again because he should he should pay for what Fuck he's done. Goldberg. Fuck that guy so bad. Fuck you, Goldberg. But um, I mean, yeah, it's real easy to take a shot at Flair because uh, it's a cash grab. But also, in the same respect, too, it is a cash grab. Uh, it's a big one. <laughs> so, Look, I, I, you know, we can, we can, we can, you know, question Ric Flair, the man, uh, and his personal antics all we want, mm -hmm. and it's easy to do because he's an easy target. We can question his his reasoning for you know coming back out of retirement for That's the fine. money. Of course, money is important. Money runs the world. However, I, you know, kept an eye on uh, Twitter because uh, I, I was half tempted to get the pay per view. Because Conrad, just be, because I want to see some of the other stuff, yeah. you know, but I, I respect, I do genuinely respect his willingness to get back in the ring. His man almost died a few years ago, yeah. you know, to get back in the ring, get back in some level of ring shape and do what he wanted to do supposedly one last time. And if Ric Flair wants to come back four more times, fuck it, let him. I mean, it th he, there are some people in wrestling who have earned the right to come out of retirement as many times as they damn well please. And I think Ric Flair is one of those people. He has done more, sold out more stadiums uh, than most wrestlers will ever do. He, he was a household name before there were too many household names. He ushered in an entire era of cool heel. His True. stable, the Four Horsemen, goddamn. I was throwing up the Four Fingers back when I was in like middle school because it was fucking cool. I wasn't cool, but the horsemen were cool. I yeah. was throwing up one finger and got in a lot of trouble for well, it. Well, you know. That was the blame season. Austin for that. We're going to get into that here in a second. <laughs> but, but I just feel like, you know, I, I went through like a, a range of emotions with this. And I came to a conclusion that he genuinely earned this. He has put more time on the road, 300 plus days a year, when guys now are working, what, two, three days a week? Making more money than effectively he was making. Yeah. But he was on the road putting asses in seats. He was the traveling champion. He went and, to territory yeah. and territory. He earned the yeah. right to come out of retirement as many times as he wants. And I will respect that. I, I guess at the end of the day, it's a grand question versus how you, it's like the multiplier thing, right? You have to take what it is and what it appears to be and multiply it by how you actually feel about the person doing it, right? And if you have a positive concept of Ric Flair at the end of the day after checks and balances, then go for it. If you don't, then you're going to have an issue with it. And we had mentioned privately uh, a few weeks ago asking the question, was this Flair taking advantage of Conrad 
or Conrad taking advantage of Ric Flair. I'd say it's a little bit of column A. A little, little A and B. Little A and B. But you know what? Regardless, it was trending on Twitter and everyone was talking about it and Bret Hart was there. Mm-hmm. So Undertaker was there. It was there. That was Mick a great Foley visual. was there. They were. Michelle but McCool was there. A little, uh, you know, three out of four ain't bad. And then you send videos in. Why would you say that about Mick? We're going to be talking about him later. Hey, 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 hey. hey. I love you, Mick. How dare you? How dare you? How dare you, sir? Mick McCool. (laughs) Billy Ray. You should just call her Mick McCool, like Mike Bay. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with Mike Bay? (laughs) I've actually gotten feedback on that. Like, he was fired up. Like, yeah. He's like, who calls him Mike Bay? I'm like, talk about it. Yeah. Doc calls, and then what? you're like, you keep kayfabing it. Like, you keep no sound. You're like, oh, why? 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 And like, no, because he clearly prefers Michael, but you said it. Like, he prefers Michael. What the fuck? Regardless. Do I know him personally? No. So why the fuck does it matter if he prefers Mike or Michael? I just don't think you're capable of not saying it without it sounding to our audience like you're disrespecting him. Disrespect- so that being said, that being said, I fucking love it, and I'm here for it. Oh, yeah. I don't want you to stop. Well, because I'm not. <laughs> I thought I've literally been calling that man effectively Mike Bay for years. I didn't realize it was a thing until you made it a thing. Mike Bay. Yeah, I'm talking to you now. I, you made it a I, thing. I, I, we are absolutely check out now the Mike Bay T-shirt available in the Nothing Good <laughs> merchandise shop. Show your support for Mike Bay and all his future like, endeavors. I said Mike Bay. But here we are. I love it. We're here now. King of the Rings, yes. 1998. Yes. One of the, if not the most infamous moments of wrestling history. Certainly the Attitude Era. Takes place from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yes. Hey, that's where we live. It is. Hey, look Whoa. at that. What? It's crazy. No. It's a good old Civic Melon Arena. <laughs> no <laughs> shit. The Melon Arena. The Civic Arena. The it was It was the Civic Arena at that point. It, it was. wasn't. It, they, was, it yeah. hadn't had any sponsorship. The at Melon that point. Arena wouldn't come until the early 2000s. The, in that the, era. the sponsorship of the pay per view, which I have to go ahead and call out here because it's fucking dope. Super Soaker. Yeah. yeah. How you about know? that? Super Soaker presents King of the Ring, oh, 1998. Man. It's like, oh, yeah, give what? me that shit. And you think about the, the idea of just something you just pump up, pump up, and then release onto your poor neighbor's face. <laughs> I appreciate that. What was your Super Soaker of choice, gentlemen, God. as a kid? Was Mine was the Super Soaker 100. That was the yellow and green one, right? No, that was the 50. That was the 50. I had the the, 50. the blue and yellow one was the 100. It had, like, yeah, the little the air reservoir on the back, yeah. so with the extra, that extra push, that oh, extra, actually, mm. that extra, mm, that, that extra little, squirt. That little, mm. That um, extra squirt. 100, extra. I think? Yeah. I think it was my jam. I think. I can barely remember the numbers to that. I had the yellow one. Yeah, the yellow same. one with the yeah. Yeah, that was a fifty. And there was a Super Soaker thirty. It was like the little handheld one. It was like the pistol that was orange. Yeah, I didn't know anybody who had that. No, no. It was go big or go home with a Super Soaker. I mean, so, at that point, I had a little bit of a Super Soaker arsenal. Yeah. I was kind nice. of, I was kind of like uh, John Wick and John Wick Two when it came to water gun battles in <laughs> our neighborhood. Nice. Where I would have like Super Soakers like full and positioned at different places. And as I was just like like ravishing and destroying people, I just keep falling back to bigger and bigger super soakers until I got to one that wasn't the super soaker. It was the ZX two thousand, which was like a three gallon back- I think the I backpack that. one. Yeah, yeah, it was a backpack one, and it just had like a fire hose That's on it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you spray someone down with everything you got for like nine seconds. Nine whole seconds. Nine glorious seconds. Which is a lot of my love life. Not all of it. But a lot of it. Hose him down for with nine, nine, nine good seconds. Nine seconds doesn't seem like a long time until you're in the middle of being hosed down. <laughs> then you're like, well, yeah. is this ever going to end? You're like, it's nope, we're only halfway there. Four and, a, <laughs> four and a half felt like it was enough. Nope, we're just half. Like Bon Jovi said, we're only halfway there. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
There's more talk about Super Soaker than I expected tonight. Well, they brought us. I'm glad it happened. Well, let's, let's set the stage. Let's set the stage in case you are one of the few people who doesn't know why this pay-per-view happened and where it happened. We are now in the summer the, the summer of 1998. We are past WrestleMania 14. We are in the prime Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon blood feud as it would happen through the ages. And that is one of our key talking points today. Vince McMahon was desperate to stop Steve Austin from winning the title. That didn't happen. Then he was desperate to keep it off of him, and frankly, that hasn't happened yet. But now, our main event of the evening, he has set Steve Austin to defend the WWF Championship against Kane in a first blood match. Now, Kane is a man who is covered head to toe in red leather and <laughs> and other shit. Spandex. Only his yeah, hand and, and is in free. In that pay-per-view, he debuted his long sleeve. Yep. Uniform too, because before that it was cut off at the shoulders. No. So even more covered area mm-hmm. to avoid bleeding if possible. So the uh, the deck was stacked against Austin, but just to make this the must see TV that the WWF was so well known for in 1998, Kane has to beat Steve Austin and win the WWF Championship today. Because if he doesn't, Jeff, what does he got to do? I think he's gonna catch himself on fire. He's gonna fucking light himself on fire <laughs> on live television. <laughs> he's gonna Spoiler alert! Every time, like you do, yeah, like you do. Listen, ironically, wanting to light yourself on fire because of a loss is a very Pittsburgh fan thing to do. It's very legal if you do it to yourself. It is. It is. It's not like you try to kill a man on a pay per view. You know, my 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 all time hero George Carlin had this whole bit where he's talking about the different things that you can kind of do uh, if you really want to get your point across. And then he just would go. Or you could just light yourself on fire. And just the expression on his face. Like, that's when people really knew how to protest. And I'm like, fucking Kane. Is this going to go all fucking pyro on us? <laughs> he just, it's like, you thought for a second that maybe Kane was, was against the patriarchy. And then instead of, well, being, being who he ended up being here in the part of the 21st century. <laughs> Mayor, you know, Mayor, Mayor Kane? Mayor Kane. Just Mayor Kane. tweeting out nonsense at we this point. We don't talk about Glenn Jacobs anymore. No, we don't. We no. can talk about Kane, but not Glenn Jacobs. But Kane, surprisingly, uh, the entire audience, every time they mention it, is all ready for Kane to light his ass on fire. Oh, which should be a reflection ready for it. of the bloodthirst of the crowd and how just how all over Austin was at people, that era. People in that fucking crowd legit brought marshmallows. They did. They did. Mm. We're talking 1998. Yeah. Like, listen, man, you're either going to bleed or this motherfucker's self-immolation. Yeah. It's one or the other. Talk about the what world. What the hell? Talk about the world of 1998, <laughs> what? right? Well, what was we, wrestling on? We had a balanced budget. <laughs> no, dude. We did. And the country had a balanced budget. <laughs> We're pre-9-11. Yep. Oh, my So, you know, most of our shit wasn't being monitored. So it was our wonder years is what you're it saying. Was, it really was our wonder years. No internet. Pokemon well, barely was internet. Very barely. Internet. Some of us barely had internet. Yep. AOL. Well, that internet pornography dialogue. had not quite taken over nope. every possible no. facet of the world. Our pornography was still watching the scrambled version of Cinemax Squiggle at 1130. Or, is that a boob? Is that, a, that is a boob. It's not a boob. Is that? Or is, is that, that a vagina? Yeah. Mm. Or... Vaginas. There it is. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. Or you find a tape that one of your someone you and your family had in their box, and then you have to rewind it to the exact spot so they didn't know you. Had, the, sounds you like you've done this. It. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the there it is. I'm, I'm high fiving this motherfucker right here <laughs> oh because God. I absolutely had to make sure that I rewound that to the exact, exact spot. spot, and then again. 
and then and again, again. <laughs> and then again. Yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, for sure. But it couldn't go missing, and it could because you know the one time you didn't, and we're like, what the hell? Who was in? You know, who who was left this in the VCR? <laughs> oh my, that's the mistake you don't want. <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. But. Uh, oh, but to, to say so, yes. Yeah, so we're in the height of the McMahon offset, and now Kane either has to win a match that he has no right losing, or light himself on fire. The other point to talk about, one of the other two points, is that we are at the King of the Ring pay per view, which means that we are having a King of the Ring tournament happening all around us, and we are in the midst of the rise. One of two men are going to rise to the next level of superstardom. Would it be a young upstart by the name of The Rock? the Intercontinental Champion, or would it be Ken Shamrock, former United, uh, United, Ultimate, not United, Ultimate Fighter, and World's Most Dangerous Man? One of these two men is going to rise to glory, and that's one of our B storylines, but frankly, the reason we're even having this conversation right now is because the semi-main event, the real main event, the real main event, is the culmination of a year and a half, two years rather, yep. of storylines and feud between one Mankind Mick Foley, who has just reverted back to Mankind after being Dude Love and Cactus Jack for a long period of time, Yep. Uh, going against the one and true phenom of pro wrestling, The Undertaker. I was going to say Dan Severn. And the Beast Severn, God. who we will get to in a, in a moment. <laughs> We're going to talk about you, Dan. We're going to talk about Danny Severn. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. You can say Danny fucking Severn. <laughs> I, first of all, I didn't say you couldn't say Mike Bay. And I can't. I can just for saying Mike Bay. Here's the thing. Mike Bay can't do anything about it. So there's no real risk. Like, if Mike Bay <laughs> came up to you and it's like, don't call me Mike Bay. And you're like, don't be a fucking shitty person. <laughs> you're like, okay. Director. And then he'd just go cry somewhere. But okay. if Dan Severn said, don't call me Danny, I'd have to listen. Like, you know what? Because yes, there's a price to pay. Yeah. So who's dead. more likely going to be hiding out in Noah's flower bed by the time we're done recording this, Mike Bay or Danny Severn? <laughs> it's like if you say his name three times, he just shows up. I mean, it is sunset, so I feel like we have a better chance of Mike Bay popping up than anything yeah, else. Right. It's the magic hour, and everyone's all sweating. So but there it is. Here we are. Yeah. Is it? The stage is set, and we are here to talk about the very first match, uh, which I think was an excellent opener. Six-man tag. Six-man tag. Headbangers and Takamichinoku mm. versus Kayentai, <laughs> which included... Well, that would be Shofunaki, Men's Tio, and Dick to go <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, my so God. The greatest name ever. The greatest... Oh my God! Thank you, Every, Dick Tigo. He should Every, just like come out in a giant like uh, paper bag. <laughs> Every time I go to the hot dog shop and order hot dogs, I ask for Dick to go, mm. and they don't get it. No, no, no. It's unfortunate. No, it's <laughs> an opportunity game, lost. Yeah. You know who would get it? Shofunaki would get it. Yeah. Indeed. Mm. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. But Dick to go was in this match, and that's frankly all we need to. to no, it was actually a really great match. Yeah, the match uh, was great. Uh, unnecessarily good, but you had Kaintai. And talking with Kinoku working there, and headbangers are just doing their. They we're, were just there. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. left over from a time, and we'll be hanging around for a little bit longer. When did they come around? Was it only ninety seven? Ninety seven. Okay, I thought so. Cause I can't remember them in ninety six at all. I think they were a Jim Cornette thing. I think they were a Smoky Mountain team. Yeah, sounds that. about right. Yeah. And then they got up and they got pushed, but they were in the right place at the right time because Vince McMahon hates tag teams. And so he gets this idea to do a bunch of gimmicky tag teams. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck all of you. We're breaking you all up, and we're just going to put a bunch of singles guys in tag teams. 
Then when he's done with the singles guys being tag teams, he looks around and what's the most gimmicky tag team I got? Well, you're the new fucking stars. Enter the headbangers. Yeah. I so. liked the headbangers when I was a kid. I thought they were pretty cool. That's I mean, fun. they weren't great, they were but they were great characters. Yes. But, like, the headbangers, I feel like, were just a little bit late. Like, if you had the headbangers in 93, I'd get it. But, like, what are they headbanging to? But they fucking... were too close to the bushwhackers. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, they're just attitude-era bushwhackers. Yeah. 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 Were, were they headbanging to fucking, like, Chumbawamba? <laughs> I mean, so they well, they had, like, a Misfits and Marilyn Manson shirt. Yeah. But I don't really, you know, know if they, you can't really headbang to Marilyn, or, mar you can't headbang. You can't mosh pit. Which is what their dance was. They didn't headbang because they didn't have hair to headbang, so they just mosh pitted. So yeah. I'm of a totally different thought. I felt like they arrived at the precise perfect time, uh, because at the time you look at the, the landscape of 1998 WWE, wrestling in general, it's yeah. all anti-establishment. It's all thumbing your nose at authority. It's you know the skirts, the face paint, you know jumping into each other. People's you know, 98 people were moshing like no one's fucking business. They, were, right? they could have just been the fucking Mel Gibsons because Braveheart just came out and they could have just went William Wallace all over everybody they, at that they point. They very well could. You're he right. There. You're he wasn't right. as anti-Semitic then. Oh, he always was. Oh, he always was, but he just he just <laughs> hadn't let you it know out what? yet. Fuck Mel Gibson for that <laughs> shit. Mel Gibson. Yeah. That's, we're going in a direction I didn't expect. Yeah, that's all right. We're, yeah, we're just getting <laughs> Thanks, there. Thanks, Dave. There you go. <laughs> also, while we're at it, audience, fuck you. Well, at oh the same time, too. Just let's, let's keep yeah, you on your let's toes. Let's not fuck the audience. Huh? No. Oh, first of all, you don't tell me what to do with my spare time, okay? <laughs> you know the kind of relationship I've been cultivating now with different countries, okay? Our, the, I think there's a reason why the second most popular country uh, that listens to us is France. Because I keep making fun of them and telling them to fuck themselves. And they're like, oh, 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 we like this guy. And they're still here. So you know what? That's, some people just like to be abused. There's entire pages on Pornhub about just just be be shitty to people. And so, French baguettes. And bag yeah. That's the yeah. second time porn has just come right back It's going to come up. It keeps so, coming back in. <laughs> it's an episode so, about season vaginas. two, baby. We're just it's an going episode right about vaginas. <laughs> so this match, I thought... I forgot how smooth Taka was. Taka was uh, so good. Yeah, like, was so good. Match, so no excellent at everything that he did, you know, and, and it's just nice to see. And it's unfortunate that, uh, for whatever reason, I couldn't tell you the actual reason, that, that the, the light heavyweight division wasn't cultivated enough. And you, wasn't, know, you know the reason why. I, oh, no, there's the, I don't really know. You know, I know what I read and what I hear in podcasts, but no one really knows that for the people who are in the room. Yeah, Vince didn't like it, maybe. But, I mean, if they could have just done... What WCW did, but with better characters. God damn. Oh, yeah. But, you know, honestly, it's kind of good that WCW had that corner. No, and I think it still gives us something fun to reflect up back on with WCW. They're like, oh, yeah, the cruiserweights and how many got I mean, you could just throw every single cruiserweight away that ever came out of that, except Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho, and you still above the pay grade with what you broke oh, yeah. even on that investment. Then the greatest of all time, Rey Mysterio, and every single Dean Malenko and Crispin other people and stuff of like that. Oh, Chris Benton, we don't talk about him. I, I really look forward to watching Rey Mysterio wrestle with his grandkids. I feel like that's where <laughs> this, I feel like that's where this storyline's really going. Like, uh, It'll be the same size. Dominic, <laughs> Dom, Dominic is never going to turn on his father and then Dominic's going to have a kid and Rey's going to still be wrestling into his mid-60s and it's going to be a whole generational that we've never seen before. And then somehow Ray will also be even more muscular than he, he is will. now. Yeah. And and oddly just as like limber. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 appreciate though, Ray this is not a WCW show, but Ray Mysterio has been doing this for a very long time. A and, hot minute. and that man, I mean I Ray Mysterio was one of my favorites in the in the mid nineties. Oh my god, yeah. Because just nobody could do what he could do. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like my brother's like, You gotta watch this guy. 
he's doing shit like in the air that nobody can do. And the fact that that guy is even upright at this stage of his life and still to me, working at a higher, pretty high level. I even mean, if he wasn't working, I'd be thrilled if he was still upright. But the fair. fact that he's even working is a uh, just complete fucking joy in itself. Mm -hmm. Working and putting people over, yeah, like flat out. And he here's the thing: he knows how to make beating him mean something. Like he knows how to elevate people. And that's 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 a lost art. All he's in a former itself. heavyweight champion. Man. He's a Ray Mysterio is a big fucking. He's deal. a multi-time heavyweight champion, huge star. It's, I mean, and he's still going. Everybody knows the area code for San Diego. Yep, thanks to him. That's yep. really true. Thanks I didn't fucking him. know before that song. Nope. Yeah, Corey Graves group. isn't going out there doing the four one two. Thank no. God for that. No one's. Oh my do God, that. that'd be funny. Just <laughs> beating someone in the face with turtles tea and half a pierogi. <laughs> that's the four one two right there. And having a real strong opinionated about a sport you've never Why played. Why Pittsburgh wrestler doesn't get up there and do a Stone Cold but with Turner's iced tea is beyond that's me. Incredible. That's incredible. an opportunity miss. Diabetes, Dave. I want to know. <laughs> and, 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 and speaking that's of Pittsburgh, why. because <laughs> because we're back here uh, on the, this is where the show takes place is. Vince McMahon has had every stereotype gimmick. We've had people of color representing countries they're not even from with the most stereotype gimmick. We've had Southerners playing Cowboys, and we've had uh, uh, Luke Gallows being basically Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Right. Every over-the-top Native American gimmick, construction workers, cops, plumbers, hockey players, uh, Spider-Man, the Ninja Turtles, all this stuff. But we have not got one Yinza wrestler. You know, it's like, tonight on Monday Night Raw, it's going to be Jeff Mullet versus Seth Rollins. Like, yeah, I'm going to go out there, and uh, I'm going to take Seth down to Pound Town, and I'm going to treat him like a Fermanti sandwich, and I'm going to half-eat him in a parking lot. Then I'm going to get real drunk over PBR and fight my girlfriend. Fight <laughs> my, my girlfriend. <laughs> like, we don't have, like, a dead yins or character. There's money on the table. So, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't need another wrestler getting go-away heat. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. Oh, you didn't tell I got. Nah, ah. Uh, Oh god, I'd hate that motherfucker <laughs> no, so much. You guys think you guys think Pittsburgh was bad when we took over the Royal Rumble? Oh. Uh, was that 2014? 2014? Yeah, you think that was bad? Imagine if there was a Yinzer wrestler on the fucking card oh my and god. he wasn't main eventing in Pittsburgh. You uh, want to talk about the crowd taking over? Oh my god, he's like, I'm gonna call a ricochet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but so this match was excellent. It actually yeah, was surprisingly you know good. Driver. Great. Great a, fucking move. Set it up, set it down, and we got a little bit of dick to go. Did we, we get a little bit? Did we get a lot? Just enough. Or did we not get enough? I feel like you could we could have gotten seconds, and no one would have complained. But as long as some dick to go was given, I, that's why he was to go. Yeah, you took the bag. I, with take you. it with you. Take it with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was a little disappointed that the headbangers had shorts on under their skirts. Like if they were truly headbangers, their all their heads would be banging in that in that oh, match, I, I, and they weren't. Uh, I feel like you're 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 confusing the uh, with a kilt stereotype. I don't know. I've been in a couple of mosh pits, and there's like a. a, a at least I've never known. Maybe that explains a lot of that stuff I didn't realize about mosh pits. Then I'm the only one wearing pants <laughs> in there. Ah, uh, just balls knocking. Yeah, just in a pit. That's it. Like a, like like a Newton's cradle, but with heavy metal <laughs> in a mosh pit. Ah, uh, so what's next? Mm. Uh, Sable. Sable's up. Mm. Speaking of being up, Sable's just to up. Just be paraded around. So yeah. Sable was next, but Dave wanted to see Headbangers Balls. <laughs> I was disappointed. That, no, 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 I didn't want to see them. Now listen, let me clarify. Let me clarify. Let me clarify season two, all right, everybody? I didn't want to see their balls. I was just disappointed that I didn't see their balls. That's all I'm saying. Way to clarify. If real men wear kilts, what are the headbangers? That's what I'm saying. I just want to say that that is a legal argument that I feel like we need to like like send to Harvard 
by saying that <laughs> that you're not uh, that you're just disappointed I mean, you didn't see something. Does that mean that am, you am I wanted only, to see it? Am I the only person who am I the only person who wanted to know if the carpet matched the matched the uh, drapes for the headbangers? Could you imagine if like it did fly up and they also had their balls with those black triangles? <laughs> Wait, but they weren't kilts. They were just their flannel. Well, like wait a minute. You want to know if, right? if, if if they match? They had no hair on their heads. You don't want to know. <laughs> it's the attitude there. <laughs> I just love. I'm just going to point out that uh, I did not expect to get hung up on this first match <laughs> right, as yeah, much yeah. as we did. We're right? doing great. We're doing great. So Sable's out there. Sable's out, uh, and uh, one of the one of two really pointless segments in the show to just kill time for reasons beyond my my comprehension. Pointless for the time, not necessarily pointless watching back because Mm -hmm. of something I'm sure we'll talk about. Jones, go ahead. I just I just feel like you know, the whole segment was pointless. You got Vinnie Mac before his theme song. It was weird watching him come out. Yeah, it was, it was weird real when he shuffles down there. Odd. I mean, his promo no chance. His promo did shit all over Pittsburgh. I mean, it was it was great, and the Vince hadn't figured out how to promo yet, kind of a promo. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I just want to point out that without the song, you heard how much actual heat he was getting as he went down to the ring, which I kind of like that because then it's like, oh, that's the whole point of having a, a, a awesome heel theme is make people immediately boo. If you just saunter your way out there and they boo anyway, mission accomplished. Is Vince? I mean, look, we all talk about oh, Vince McMahon's like the best heel in the Attitude Era. He's one of the greatest heels of all time. Yeah, but let's just take a second and break that down. Why is he the greatest hill ever? He's not relatable at all. There's nothing about him you can relate no. to. Because you can relate to fuck your boss. You well, can relate to fuck well, your boss. Well, I'm just saying, like, just, he's not relatable, which is good. That's the idea. You can't you can't get behind him no. unless your storyline forces you he's not, to. He's right. not a baby face or he's not a tragic hero yeah. like in a movie. This is wrestling. He's movie. old. Yeah. He's rich. Yeah. There's nothing about him you really like. And it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like I just I sometimes go back and I watch old stuff and like, you know, ninety seven, two thousand one, two thousand two. It's it's like a magical time for him, like the level of heat that he could generate. And then, with just his facial expressions, could become a face, just the right little bit of storyline, you just know, enough. aligning with the right person, and instantly he's a massive baby face. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. Way. WrestleMania 2000. Yeah. He was over, like, over as a babyface because he aligned with The Rock. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, he's such a great character. He's a terrible person, apparently. But he's a great character. I love the character. I mean, yeah. He, 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 was, he was excellent in that role, and I don't think you can uh, take that away from him. But at this point in 98, he was still kind of fine in his mm-hmm. way. He kind of basically thesaurused about Pittsburgh for a little bit. But it was just... Go out there, parade Sable around, and then use her to make sure that everyone has all the heat that they need on the main event. Uh, and also, it's kind of a way, I guess, to buy time because I don't think anyone expected the main event, the 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 Hell in a Cell match, to go as long as it did. Yeah, but it went. Uh, but that's not the real thing to talk about from this segment. Uh, I talked about on the nose things to do. What? Uh, which one of you guys would like to describe that when they uh, when they asked Sable to leave the ring? What uh, what happened? Well, as, as as was very common during the Attitude Era, Vince came down to the ring with his cronies, this which was uh, Briscoe and Patterson. And uh, Pat Patterson, when Sable was about to leave the ring, gave her a little uh, a little ushering out of the ring in the form of a gentle yet firm pat on Sable's perfectly formed ass. A pat. 
Patterson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A Pat Patterson. A Patterson Pat. <laughs> a Patterson Pat Patterson <laughs> on that pat on that ass. And, um, you know, Sable didn't just go, ooh, I'd like some more. She turned around and gave Pat Patterson a major slap. Oh, she paintbrushed the hell out of paintbrushed him. Paintbrushed the hell out kind of, of him. Bulk, with a bunch of her hand a little bit, too. So, so Pat took that one. Yep. And at that very same moment, ladies and gentlemen, um, Ross makes a comment on the broadcast that Patterson's getting liberal in territory he's not familiar with. <laughs> Jim always trying to get himself over a little bit. It's like, it's, uh, he always talks about maximizing your minutes, but no one ever mentions the fact that Jim Ross, more than anybody else, maximized Pat Patterson's minutes. Oh, man, did he With ever. as many references as he could pack in there, which is the ultimate inside reference at that time in 98. And I just find it. Very, Nobody very knew bad. what that was about. Nope, nope. Not I didn't, at the time. I had no just idea. Went right nope. over everybody's head. But now we do know what that means. It, it was one of those "if you know, you know" if moments. If you know, you know. <laughs> but we can't quite talk about it yet because mm-hmm. it's not. We're not in there the late yet. '90s. We weren't there. You know, we're still at a point where we we're still not at past the point where Goldust was a heel, just because he was a sexually amb- ambiguous character. Right, right. Like so, so we're not there. But that being said, there's two ways to look at this. So one is, no one knew. So it's just Jim Ross doing Jim Ross to keep himself entertained. And now, twenty some years later, twenty five years, twenty four years later, we're like, ah, that aged really well. On the flip side, at the time, you're like, oh my god, Jerry Lawler is hilarious. And now, twenty some years later, <laughs> uh, the amount of racial remarks oh that Jerry god. Lawler made in the opening match <laughs> by itself. Oh. It's astounding. Uh, like, it's to the point where, like, here at season two, I don't feel comfortable repeating them. Like, <laughs> and we said some shit on the first 50 episodes. God damn, we did. But, well, that, I mean, but you yeah. did. <laughs> I did. And, um, and God damn it, I may do it again, but not today. And so not about this. now we're into the, the, the second match. Uh, we get through the, the pointless uh, segment. Which we're getting into King of the Ring territory now. Yeah. yeah. So we got Jeff Jarrett versus and Ken it's... Shamrock, uh, which is really exciting. Uh, I think... Yeah. The match was... You okay, Mac? Just, I, I just felt a disturbance in the force when you mentioned Jeff Jarrett. I don't know why. I just think... I just felt the dark side a little somebody bit. Grumbled somebody grumbled Someone's angrily mad, about it. Maybe. I actually think it's the other way around. I think you're feeling that, that we here at the show, and anyone who's ever appeared on this show, or has ever listened to this show, fucking adores Jeff Jarrett. And any reaction to a extreme negative to that is really not about Jeff Jarrett. It's about... What are you hiding about Jeff Jarrett inside yourself? I would ask. That's a, there's two types of people, I guess you're saying. There's the people that like Jeff Jarrett. Point. There's the people that like Jeff Jarrett, and then there's the people who might be gay for Jeff Jarrett. Oh. And then we need to call that one I mean, like, right no, now. There's anything wrong with it, but no, come forward no, with it. That's no. how you feel. So then again, you either like Jeff Jarrett or you really like Jeff Jarrett. But I like that, and I like this match. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've said this before, and I'll mention it like a million times, uh, you know, in regards to Ken Shamrock, it's really a shame he was never heavyweight champion that he didn't he stay could've. the course. God damn, the dude he had could've. pretty much everything you could want in a heavyweight champion. He, yeah, he was, he was legit. And he could fucking work. Yeah, he was so, legit. He had the size. He really wasn't a great talker, but he didn't need to be. Yeah, but the, and the crowd was behind him. Mm-hmm. Well, so when you talk about Ken Shamrock, you know, and, and I made a little note about this match because I, I, I thought this was interesting. You guys remember, like, when we were watching cartoons as a kid 
and like we'd be like watching like something like Muppet Babies or something, and like the Muppet Babies wanted to like get into like an R-rated movie or something, so they all like stood on top. Of I each missed other's. that episode. Yeah. Well, I'm just getting like okay, that, <laughs> the Muppet Babies wanted to go <laughs> see Showgirls. Let's make sure there might have been Muppet Babies fan fiction or something. I think it might have been. You know, maybe they're like one ticket for Universal Soldier, please. What? All right, so maybe like the grocery store or something, and they're trying to like check out the grocery store, and they're Muppet Babies trying to buy a gun. That's America. It'll work. <laughs> just, just they, they were gonna go kill whoever the nanny was that they never showed in the Muppet Babies, right? Yeah. If it was in Texas, they would have got that gun. Yeah, would have. Yeah, but like when they're standing on top of each other, like on top of each other's shoulders and everything, yeah. and they're wearing a trench coat to try to pretend like they're an adult, but clearly they're not. That's Ken Shamrock's muscles. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what's going on there. <laughs> It would be funny if, like, he gets done wrestling mm. and he goes into the shower and he unzips his taint and, like, just a thousand small people <laughs> fall a out. A thousand kid shamrocks fall out. Just, like, guys, great match. We're going to get there someday. We did it, guys. We did it, huh? The huh. dude's built like a fucking tank. No, he was. was. Yeah. Beast. I maintain that he would have been champion and relatively soon, knowing what we know about what would happen with Austin's health as the years go on, if he had... I mean, here's the thing. In a world where... The Rock doesn't happen. Shamrock certainly happens. He becomes their number two. Because even though The Rock helped elevate Shamrock, it also did Shamrock in because now he's compared against this other guy. Right. And in this world where you had you have your main event players, your level, Undertaker, Kane, Austin, Mick Foley, right there. There's, there's your echelon. And the other guy's just ready to break through. The Rock, Ken Shamrock, Triple H, and one of them is the head of the DX. One of them is the head of the nation. And one's just an angry dude. One of these guys is the odd man out. One of those things changes, and Shamrock's up in that picture. Yeah. He might have been able to be, maintain a strong enough baby face push that when he goes, when Austin goes down in November 99, gets hit by the car, starting a storyline that ultimately goes nowhere, <laughs> then instead of the big show getting the belt for whatever reason, you give it to Shamrock. Not. I think uh, I, you got a really valid point, and, and from what I've always heard is that Shamrock, uh, well, although they wanted to strap the rocket ship to him. It was more a matter of he was not reliable. No. And Vince McMahon hates that shit. Yeah. You've got to be reliable. Because, you know, I don't think that talent-wise, at the time, the WWF was top-heavy. No. Like, there was definitely room for him mm-hmm. if he just played ball. They were very top-light at that point because pretty much all their main eventers left. Yeah. And it, it just basically left this void that, you know, a couple guys were able to kind of rise into. Um, I mean... Put it just to add to what you just said and what everyone's saying. Let's put it in perspective. One year earlier than this, uh, you know, Bret Hart's still in the WWF. Yep. Shawn Michaels is in the WWF. Vader is something more than whatever Vader had become, and he was still there. Ahmed Johnson was in the WWF, and all of these stars had like, like the world looked like this. Oh, I don't know. And WCW was fucking wrecking the WWF. Vader was the dad of that guy on Boy Meets World. He was. He, he was. was. Yeah, he was. Foley was, was in Ethan that Suffley's show too. Dad, wasn't it? I don't know. I never watched. I'm, it. Do I, I watched, remember that name. Listen, I don't. I watched. Uh, <laughs> no Tope- recollection. I watched Topanga. We all watched Topanga. We all watched Topanga and Angela. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Angela. Mm-hmm. But anyhow. That's not moving on. So the match was excellent. Okay, let me phrase that. It wasn't excellent. It it was good. Look, Jeff Jarrett, for my money, uh, who at the time hated. I fucking hated Jeff Jarrett because I didn't think it was cool. He wasn't. He wasn't cool. Nothing about Jeff Jarrett was cool. Uh, But now, with the benefit of hindsight, looking back on his matches over decades now, he was a solid ass hand. He there, was 
really good in the ring. He was mm-hmm. he wasn't amazing at any one thing, but he was good at everything. No, he's great. Solid. Even even though WWE was trying to erase the territorial lines, they it were. was still a very much a northeastern promotion. Mm-hmm. So you didn't often see characters like Jeff Jarrett, the country musician, you know, the cowboy hat and the the, the whole persona. You really see a lot of those guys kind of get over because really where the territory was kind of you know, where the foundation of the territory is, you didn't have a lot of that southern, like like in WCW. If you no. have Jeff Jarrett in WCW, he's probably main eventing within six months. But, you know, he was very much, that character was very much an outlier in what mm-hmm. WWE was doing at that point. And I think that's probably why at that point in time that we didn't quite give him the appreciation that we do now looking back on what he was doing at that time. I, I would add just, absolutely underline everything you guys just said and basically the whole reason jeff jarrett is jeff jarrett and is a hall of famer today is not because he didn't do anything super amazing that you're like oh my god he never did anything wrong we talked about that in our in your house too yeah review too like like show me a bad jeff jarrett match it was hard I mean, yeah, 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 yeah some bad consistent yeah right and that's and, and at least you can't if you did it was someone else who fucked it up and it wasn't him because yeah. he was a professional and uh and his job tonight was to elevate kim shermock and and he did and he did and he I, and robert fuller did i think because i i write in my notes that you know jared tapped out with the quickness yeah he put that move over really well yep instant lock in tap He's not yeah. being paid by the hour. Yeah. He, he is getting out. Um, and I just, you know, it, it's cool about Jeff Jarrett is that, like, most, I mean, yeah, the, the, the country singer gimmick in the beginning was a big deal, which we covered. Uh, but it, after that, after his stint in WCW the first time, he came back and it wasn't very eventful. Oh, was but until thing. that head got shaved. Well, after this starts, And he got pissed off. Well, a lot of people don't realize is that the, so the, uh, as we'll get into here later on, is that the, the nation in a DX feud, when you think about that, think about the two groups and you think about the rock and triple h right but what we don't think about is which is going to be happening very shortly is that the whole reason those two fe- groups feuded was x-pac and owen hart starting their program together right, right? Yep. and uh after that ends very soon uh both places people need somewhere to go and uh wouldn't you know it that the red hot d generation x upstart sean waltman when Find his way to Jeff Jarrett, which would elevate Jeff Jarrett in a way that Jeff Jarrett desperately needed. I would never have seen coming. No, no, in a way that he desperately needed. And uh, I disagree with the statement that he broke a thousand guitars and never drew a dime. I think he did. Nah. He drew at least one dime. My <laughs> dime. That day. Because he was cool when he was a heel with the, with the guitar and everything. Oh, he was, was don't piss me off. I loved that. Yeah, he was one of those heels you just love to hate. Yeah, he'd, he'd come De- out, Deborah didn't pull hurt. Deborah along with the guitar, like, this dude's gonna fuck somebody <laughs> I, I love the subtle things that they would never do today, but the fact that she would come out and she would wave, and he reins up, and then he'd move, and she'd stop, and he'd just, just yank her yeah. a little bit, right? Just, just Not like the one would hurt her, but just, just a slight good Just hand. a dickhead yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. You're like, oh man, he's... It was perfect. Perfect. But moving along, yes. from one perfect to, to a, another. To a not a perfect match. Not a perfect match, but a perfect moment in time for a character. It's Dan Severn, the beast. The beast. Danny Severn against someone you may have heard of before. <laughs> the Rock. I think we all know who Dwayne Johnson is. Mm-hmm. The wor- God knows who Dwayne Johnson the, is. The world will know forever. Um, okay, I'm going to get it out. I don't have a whole lot of good things to say about this match. Nope. Uh, the match was awkward as hell. You could tell that Dan Severn, who was an accomplished wrestler at this point, yeah. looked green, and he wasn't. It was just awkward. I just think um, the both guys had a different idea of what it took to get them to the next level of this thing, and neither one of them was going to back down. Because you got to remember, this is the Wild West. This is the Attitude Era. 
And The Rock is a third generation star, the third generation star. And Dan Severn is a shoot, a shooter, straight out. So uh, The Rock doesn't feel like he has to do a damn thing if he doesn't want to. And Dan Severn ain't doing a damn thing if he doesn't want to. And what results is two guys that are way taller than... Uh, the Rock is a big guy. Yes. But The Rock is one of those guys at the height of which he blends in with everyone because he's right at the same height as a lot of the guys from his era. Like, same height as Triple H. Same height as Austin, right? And that thing. But Dan Severn, for, for somehow being big and, like, barrel-chested, makes The Rock look taller. Well, I mean, there's a very, very... I mean, there's a very different look between these two wrestlers when they're coming to the ring. I mean, The Rock looks like a professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. Dan Severn does not look like a professional wrestler. Would you like to know what Dan Severn looks like, gentlemen? Somebody's dad. Go on. Dan Severn looks like the milkman who came by and fucked your mom. <laughs> Dan Severn looks like what happens when Super Mario took all the steroids. <laughs> Dan Severn looks like a touch of gray commercial spokesman showed up to Datelines to catch a predator. Dan Severn looks like Chef Boyardee just got out of a Russian internment camp. I like that one. Dan Severn looks like his mustache owns a body shop, and he eats bread sandwiches every day. <laughs> Dan Severn uh, looks like someone hasn't told him that wrestling's fake. <laughs> That's or they're one. just too afraid to. <laughs> Because there are times in that match when Rock looks at him like, this motherfucker is going to fucking hurt me. Yeah, and he yeah. will. And he will. Yeah. At one point in the match, which was my favorite point, was when the hot mic caught Rock saying, God damn it, oh, I loved in it. the middle of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> because he's just so frustrated. Because Rock looks like a professional wrestler, not like Dan Severin, who looks like someone shaved King Kong but left a strip just above his upper lip only. Dan Severin looks like a fireman who isn't a fireman, but, you know, he shows up at your house late at night, then sets a fire, then puts it out before the real firefighters show up and acts like he's a real fireman. Dan Severin looks like he cucks Leonardo, who's cucking Herb Jones, who's cucking the Sega channel that's cucking Bad Boys 2. All available in season one of the archives. Um, and, you know... As, as we go through the match, right, uh, we get a little interference from the nation. D'Lo comes in, does beautiful frog splash, has the armor. This is one of my favorite right? gimmicks that I imagine lasting way longer than it did. The lowdown, Mac. Right. The lowdown. The, the chest low protector. Down. Yeah, I adore that. And, and then Rock pins Severin, who looks like he's the kind of guy who refuses to understand when the party's over, right? And, and like, he just won't leave. Like, yeah, you're there clearly cleaning up, and Dan Severin's sitting there throwing darts by himself. <laughs> You know? I know that guy. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but you don't want to say anything to him. You're just dropping hints that, like, it's time to go home because there's nobody there except Dan Severin. Hmm. That's good. Well said, sir. Well, Thank you. Well put. Very nice. Very, very nice. But, yeah, all of those things are true. And Danny Severin does got, like, he does have, like, a whole Stalin look to him. Danny Severin, huh? Danny Severin. Don't. You guys just said it three times. He's gonna fucking show up. You know what? I bet you he is available for come both through the floor. I'm, I'm like, smelling. I'm smelling Chef Boyardee fucking like oh raviolis. I think that's the signal that he's on his way. <clears throat> it's fear, fear overstuffed. So this has nothing to do with the match directly, but man, do I miss D'Lo Brown. Oh, um, that was my. I love that gimmick, and I remember. I remember that chest protector gimmick lasting way longer yeah. than it did. Yeah, yeah. 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 I thought it was. 
forever. It was like three years it yeah. wasn't. No, because like, Bob Orton wore that cast forever, and yes. this is just the upgrade to Bob Orton's yes. cast. It's perfect. And it was genius. It was freaking genius. I don't know who came up with it, but they need like a like a, just a handshake. They he should have... He pec muscle, right? He yeah. did. Yeah. You know, well, well yeah. he, he, he did, but not as bad as they thought he did originally. And they're like, how do we use this? Because they removed him from bookings from it. And they're like, oh my god, let's give him the Bob Orton gimmick. It was fucking incredible. But as in all things, he ended up turning babyface not too much longer after this and fucking wasting that beautiful that beautiful gimmick. But yeah, D'Lo Brown makes you... Because you're like, oh, The Rock. And you're like, ah, Dan Severn. And then this match is like... It's a horse fuckery is what it is. Okay? And then D'Lo shows up and you're like, ah, thank God. And you're out. And that sweet-ass, regardless of how bad this match is, that fucking nation theme. The oh, my God. Yeah, that shit Like, Oh, man. Rock has never oh. had... Bad music. Nope. Pretty no. much well, ever. The first, the first one. The first one still was kind of a banger at the time. It was a banger compared to other 96, yes. other WWF The dun, Music Volume 2. Ultimate babyface yeah. thing. But that Nation theme at that time, that 98 Nation, because when I pick, hear that song, I think about SummerSlam 98, when when he's coming out with that ladder and just, God. you're like, this. He's, he's a star at that point. He's undisputably a star, stands there, and he knows that after this, he's the man and next anyways. summer when we do cover SummerSlam 1998 I cannot wait because that that match is one of my favorite rock matches of all time it's awesome and that show is one of my favorite SummerSlams of all time it, it's part of mine too Madison it's Square so Garden good. Highway to Hell we're gonna get there yes uh, but, so you yeah. said you mentioned horse fuckery yeah uh, let's talk about the next match which was a whole lot of horse fuckery mm. uh, Al Snow versus Too Much ah. I'm sorry Al Snow in the head there's, there's horse fuckery and then there's actually watching a group of men fuck horses on live pay per view <laughs> and then there's whatever this was and I approve because <laughs> because this this whole thing it's it's difficult to explain to anybody that hasn't seen it, but... It's great watching Noah. See, audience, you don't get to see Noah exacerbated as he's trying <laughs> to figure out how to start this. So, <laughs> what this is, is we have too much who hadn't been too cool yet. They had not gone to too cool yet. Uh, which was, the gimmick was... One guy's gimmick was that he is not Jerry Lawler's son. Well, clearly being Jerry Lawler's son. And he's definitely not having sex with this other gentleman whom he's definitely having sex with. And they're in a blood feud. A <laughs> blood feud? <laughs> with a crazy man. That's such a specific term to use. With a crazy man whose pictures. tag team partner is a mannequin head. With a wig. With a wig. Yeah. They both have help me written backwards on their head. Because in the mirror, that would be forward. That would be. That would be forward. And yeah, and smart. refereeing this smart refereeing this contest is the one guy's father, who's definitely not his father. It's not his father. Who is his father? It's not. First and foremost, I want to point out that in every every time I watch something old and, and too much come out before they were too cool, yeah, there was still just too much. Mm -hmm. I hear their fucking music, oh. and all I think about is like this does not fit them. It nope. sounds like National Geographic. It sounds like some like. Saturday morning uh, tropical show for kids. Brian Christopher approaches his prey. The music is so strange. But anyhow, it is strange. And it's it's one of those, like, I just think that Jim Johnson just put a loop on the drum machine. <laughs> I don't know how you almost broke Dave I there did. a little bit. Well, you triggered National Geographic. Scott lost Taylor that. pulls out his worm. Oh, no. <laughs> Brian Christopher is frightened. He'll have to go into defensive um, position. And, and let's not. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's 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 not oh, undercut shit. the point that uh, in what a year's paint time, such a picture <laughs> that too much, too cool would be like one of the most overacted that the WWF had. Oh, um, yeah. Like, oh, they, big uh, time over. One year later. <laughs> you know? Oh. Um, but they fought a guy with a head. Uh, and, uh, and, and Jerry not, Lawler... And not how Noah's implying. Look, no. Yeah, no. 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 And look, I want to put this in perspective for a fucking second. All right? Because I have the benefit of thinking about this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Lawler's son, Scott Taylor, both very capable wrestlers. Absolutely. Very capable performers. Al Snow, another very capable performer. Mm -hmm. He's very good. He's an excellent teacher from what they tell me. The match, and he's a mannequin head that he's tagging with. But the thing that fucks me up is that one of the greatest wrestlers of all fucking time is refereeing this bullshit. The single greatest punch in wrestling history. And I, goddamn, and I I appreciate that Jerry Lawler is a real pro in that regard. Because if he didn't have any, if he had shame, he'd say, fuck that. I'm like, listen, motherfucker, I'm like, what is he, like Like 122-time heavyweight champion of USWA? Yeah, yeah. his own promotion. <laughs> but yeah. fuck it, who cares, right? He's still one of the greats of all fucking time, period. And he's refereeing this dog shit. <laughs> like, and I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, Jerry fucking, Jerry the kick, Jerry Law, the man who made David Letterman, in my opinion. Yeah. Who, <laughs> he is refereeing a man, another man, Another man and a fucking mannequin head. This is 1998 wrestling, folks. <clears throat> and we got self-immolation. <laughs> we got mannequin yeah. heads in tag team matches. What the fuck? We got Chef Gordy, Joseph we, Stalin. We got yep. yeah. Mansion, right? um, all kinds of stuff. I don't. I, I would. I think it's incredible, and I think it's incredible. I think it's, it's, a, it's incredible for all the wrong reasons until until the finish, which to me. Is one of the most Greatest fucking ingenious in finishes of all time. Because what it is, is it's like we've all been in a room where we're pitching jokes to somebody, right? And we're pitching jokes, and you say that joke, and rarely and, and, and it has does a joke exactly as somebody half-assed asleep in the middle of the night pitches that joke. Does it ever come out exactly as you imagined it? <laughs> Unchanged from the moment you say it to the moment of execution, but this is one of those. Because picture this, dear sweet sexual listener. Fuck you, by the way. Fuck you. Uh, that it, here's a, a mannequin head. I keep wanting to say severed head, but it was never attached to begin with. Was a you know the base picture of mannequin head. And if you don't, Google it. And the whole point of wrestling is to pin or make your opponent submit. Well, the head can't tap out because it doesn't have hands. Yeah, this right? was this isn't a two-on-one handicap match, ladies and gentlemen. This is a tag team it's match. It's a tag team match. So which presents a very specific problem to have when the head is tagged in. Yeah. Because Noah, what does the head not have? It does not have shoulders to be pinned down to the mat. Right. Or the ability to submit or to speak. So if you have a heel referee, how do you beat him? Well, part one of this is that you have the head inadvertently make the blind tag. <laughs> On house now making the head the legal guy. And then in a move that could only be described as pure absolute genius, Brian Christopher takes a bottle of head and shoulder shampoo and inserts it into the bottom of the head, therefore having shoulders on the head, allowing him to pin. And Jerry Lawler doesn't even fast count. At this point he could count all day. 
There was no heel work in it. <laughs> they, would not, they didn't break any rules. <laughs> Al Snow t- blind tags in a mannequin head. They find a loophole to beat him. The ref does not fast count, and everyone's fine. And JR is just straight calling the match. Just straight calling the match. Not even and flinching. And then he's, like, he's yeah. like, head is the legal man in. I have no idea. I absolutely just fucking said that <laughs> on a pay-per-view. He's like, but we're going to go with it. Oh, my God. Moving along, folks. The absurdity of it. It was. was it, it added some levity it added to the a show. Lot of, a lot uh, of things. Well, we probably didn't need. No, oh. but in a time when a lot of the levity in the show came at the expense of someone's culture or somebody's sexual sure. orientation the or the era. fact that they were just yeah. happy to be bored of woman, right? This, that it was levity that was just cheeky, ha-ha shenanigans yeah. writing uh, was was my whole thing. I just want to use this as an opportunity to, to, to point out one thing that I want to rant about. Um, a lot of old-timers and famous wrestling people will talk about how they don't like a lot of today wrestling because it's a little ha-ha. A lot, a lot of, you know, Orange Cassidy, a lot of kayfabe has been tore down. Kenny Omega wrestling an eight-year-old girl kind of a thing. Um, but this was during the time of yeah, the attitude. Yeah, he said it. It happened. Yeah, it's it fucking did. weird. It I did. don't like it. He didn't put her over, but he... <laughs> thank God. Right. But they did, and he also. I will talk about. There's a blow up doll in wrestling that, that holds Look, a victory over Kenny Omega. That's a, that's a conversation for another I mean, episode. I mean, yeah. Mae Young did give birth to a hand. It, it was incredible. But the I same person it. who famously Jim Jim Cornette, who famously argues with all this shit today, is one of the people that helped come up with the head and shoulders, a head and the blind tag, haha moment. So I point out that just because it, you know. You don't like it today doesn't mean you didn't do it yourself. But but I think this is a, an example to say that it should not have been on this show. But knowing what we have coming up later in this show, I'm glad we have these moments of popcorn. You know, you can pause, go put a hot yeah. pocket in, come back, and not feel like you missed. Tostitos, uh, the, the Totino's pizza rolls. That's pizza rolls? That's what we're doing. I'm going to go maybe yeah, Tostitos like the, the party pieces. Like. Now we're doing the, the Totino's mm. pizza rolls. Celeste. I think for a long time I called it Tostitos pizza rolls. Yeah. Like inadvertently. Like I always call it espresso. Yeah. 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 Only yeah. fucking idiots say that. No offense. Ladies and gentlemen, one thing that I want to share with the audience is that even though we're in season two, Dave is still going to go on crazy long tangents and rants about stories that people may or may not relate to. <laughs> So just buckle in and stay this, tuned. The snacks that he had at his party. Tostitos well, versus Tostitos. Tostino, listen, we, I think we've all made that mistake with those we, damn we have. fucking we've pizza bites. We've all made bites. that mistake by having those conversations with me at parties when we were growing up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just happening. Damn right. <laughs> I, last thing I want to say about this match, although it is an, an entirely throwaway match, <clears throat> the best fucking part about it, the part that made me chuckle the fucking most, mm-hmm. the part that made me just kind of go, ha! All right, then, is one of the greatest wrestlers of all fucking time, one of the most over-wrestlers of all fucking time, one of the most legendary wrestlers of all fucking time, turn to the fucking head and talk to it. <laughs> he did. Like, <laughs> he I, reprimanded it. Yeah. I'm like, Jerry, God damn you. <laughs> like, at that point, it's like, you know what, that, go ahead, that, man. That is a team player. That, yeah, he's professional as hell. And yeah. I respect that. Like I said, it just it was just such a weird match that did not need to exist. <sighs> And I was convinced that it was a that was a, that was a Vince Russo decision for for the whole fucking half thing. of it had to be the other half. And there's no way it was. There's part of it is just so Memphis. Bro, though. yeah, there's no way it was. Oh my god, bro, bro, what if you took the head and you put a bottle of shampoo, I can hear bro, him saying it. and you just cover it there? That would be great. It gets so over. It would be so over. And then Jim Cornette's like, ha ha ha. I don't fucking like you. 
You're a wrestling. <laughs> I know, bro. I don't know. Guys, I don't want to be that guy, but fuck you. Of course I do. Um, we're, we're enjoying talking about this, aren't we? Yes. We're living that life. Damn good time. It's a good time. It's good to be back. You know what is an even better way to be back and kick off season two? Let's fucking make this a two-parter. Uh, that's very mm. on brand. Yes. <laughs> we didn't plan for it. It's been a while since we did that. Let's do it. Gotta get the splits in, man. You gotta, gotta get do in it. You gotta just sometimes you just gotta drive it in there, split it in half, and then ask for permission later. And that's what we're gonna do. So, gentlemen, are you ready for it? Yeah. All right. Well, then we will. Uh, we'll end this soon, and then we'll give two parter soon. Fuck you. I don't care. Why don't you judge me? Thanks Social for joining me. us. We appreciate it. <laughs> we'll be back soon with two part. Maybe we'll get to the actual reason we're all supposed to talk about the show in this match. Well, we'll get there. Maybe. What's that there? Will they I ever we'll crown? Talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Will, will they ever crown a king of the ring? Who cares at this point? <laughs> now that is <laughs> crowning the king of the ring is the least important thing of this pay per view. <laughs> well, it's very important that you stick around for part two. We will see you soon. <laughs>